You're Sam. <laughs> You're Michelle. <laughs> did you want to do it new this time? I did. <laughs> I was like, what is she waiting for? <laughs> for you to introduce yourself to the people that are new here. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode. Season two. Back at it again. Happy Friday. Oh, yeah. Friday. I am excited for this weekend. You are? Yeah, because I got nothing on the docket, baby. Oh, that sounds nice. That's my kind of weekend. Yeah. So really nothing? That I can remember. I mean, <laughs> there's probably something that I'm forgetting, but for the oh. most part, I don't think so. That's How about you? Nice. Um, I was telling Joe that I want to take him to Todd's Farms. Ooh, yeah, Todd's yeah, Farms. Yeah. Yep. And do the um the flea market thing. But yep. is it only on Sunday? I was going to ask you. I believe it is. That's what I could find. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to double check. Yeah. I think it's only on Sundays. Yeah. We might go. I'm not really sure. Cause I think he's going to be golfing on Sunday. So mm. Mm, we'll see. Maybe it'll rain. I mean, Perhaps. I guess if it rains, it wouldn't be great for either. Oh, event, that's so. true. <laughs> Never yeah. mind. That's true. Um, but instead of talking about this upcoming weekend, what did you do last weekend? So last weekend, you guys, I finally went to my first ever Red Sox game. Ooh. I can't believe it. I don't know a lot about the Red Sox, yep. but apparently everyone in Massachusetts loves them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> any, any of the teams. Are you kidding me? Any of the teams. Um, so yeah, before I've gone to the Celtics, gone to the Bruins, haven't done a Patriots game. Don't know if I ever will, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Okay. Headed into Boston. We ate at a place. It was called Dylan's, I believe. Um, there was another restaurant that we were going to go to. I think it was called, I don't know what it was called, but I was given it shit because I was like, well, let me look on the menu and I go and look and they only had four items on their appetizer. Mm-hmm. listing and I'm like mm-hmm. who has only four appetizers and then I scroll down to their sandwich and paninis category and there was only two items under that I'm like what the hell um but yeah I, I guess I am I'm assuming your main issue is that nachos were on the appetizer list they didn't have nachos okay so that's your main <laughs> issue right it doesn't main matter issue, how many <laughs> main issue they had like 50 types of pizza and I guess it's right there next to the stadium. So they don't even have to try because they know people are going to come and go. Yeah. Uh, but we were walking on our way and Joe saw this place that we ended up at and he liked the patio and we love sitting outside. So he decided that we were going to eat there. So we did, uh, they didn't have nachos, which was fine, but (laughs) I couldn't, I don't even know what we got. We got mozzarella sticks. I think we got like a chicken sandwich. Uh, Joe got a hamburger. Maybe I can't remember, but it was really good food. Okay. That sounds nice. Yep. Um, so Red Sox game. Um, I drank a lot. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, there were no fights around me. Okay. Unfortunate. No, no, no. Fortunate. <laughs> um, I got a Red Sox hat, which was fun. Pink, red? No, it's blue. The navy blue. Navy blue with the red? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Joe was like, do you want a pink one? And I'm like, do I look like I want a pink one? <laughs> I kind of thought you would go for the pink one. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. I wish they had orange a one. Yeah. Of course. But I was really excited because I got to see Tessie, the mascot, the sister mascot. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I you don't know, know who Tessie is, Michelle. No, I don't. Oh, but I you don't know want who Wally it. is, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's like his little sister. Okay. All right. She's I didn't cute. know about Tessie. Just like this little green monster walking around. Okay. Did you stay for the whole game or did you leave like seventh, eighth inning? We stayed for most of the game. I feel like there were maybe three minutes. I don't know oh, shit. what ending is the end. Nine. Um, 
<laughs> but then the next morning I woke up and I was like, Red Sox won, right? And Joe's like, no, they lost. And I'm like, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> Ooh, Sammy got drunky. I did. And I was even vlogging and I was importing the footage on my computer. And I was like, what clip is this? And I go to play it and it's me just on the ride home being so drunk talking about the game. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to put that on my video. But I was like, Michelle would be proud of me. I am so proud of you. I yeah. was, I'm waiting for the, I feel so sorry for you post. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Oh, good. Good. You're much so, better yeah. than I am. It was a good time. Yay. I mean, that's what baseball games are supposed to be about Mm -hmm. because they're so, I mean, not for nothing, but they're kind of boring if you're not drinking a little bit. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I think so. I think so. Not that you remember, but. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how fun. Yeah, I had a good time. I would definitely watch another game, Mm -hmm. maybe like a day game so I can get a suntan. Yeah. It's nice during the day too. What else did you do last weekend? Um, so we did our first Tiki cruise. We had our friends, Mike and Kate come up to Salem and we did a little Tiki boat. Um, it's like the small boat that has a Tiki bar on it and it only fits a total of eight people. And we did it a bunch of times last year and it was fun. They have a drink on there. It's like a spicy bacon margarita. It's so, so good. Yeah, that sounds like right up your alley. Yeah, had a bunch of those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, we just went out to lunch after that at Mercy Tavern, which is like one of my favorite places. Their food is so good. Their drinks are delicious. And then we walked around for a bit. Oh, that sounds so nice. I keep meaning to go to Mercy Tavern when I'm in Salem because I just hear great things about the food. You've never been? I went when it was, I think, um, something pig, old pig's oh. eye or something like that. Okay. Um, and I think I went once or twice while I was Mercy Tavern, but not for food. But I'm interested in stopping in there. Yeah, it's so good. I didn't realize that the Tiki boat was only eight. I thought it was like a 20 person thing or something. That's exciting. Yeah. It's because the, it's, um, the captain, his wife. So captain drives the boat, obviously. And then his wife, Mm -hmm. it's Scott and Karen, (laughs) Karen makes the drinks and she is like the best bartender I've ever experienced in my life. Um, they're both very, just such sweet people. Um, but there's six other people that can be on the boat with them. Uh, usually when we go, we book like four tickets and then it's just two random people. So you really do feel like you have the boat to yourself and they have a bathroom on there and all of the drinks are just so good. And she, so we ordered a espresso martini towards the end and she wasn't I guess you can't keep milk on the boat so -hmm. she was telling us what she's been using in this and she even put a little um like a I don't it's not an orange slice it it was some kind of like citrus slice yeah to put in the drink so by the time you're at the bottom of the martini it's not bitter and she just had all these things to add to all these drinks and it's just so fun was it like a twist of an orange peel it maybe it was like a I don't know it it just maybe it was the end of an orange it just was so tiny but it was like something citrusy yeah and it was dried out she also served it with a little cup that attached Mm -hmm. to the rim of the martini glass and it had a little biscotti and then it also (laughs) had three or four um cat I don't know is it caffeine candy or caffeine chocolate espresso chocolate perhaps espresso chocolate covered espresso beans maybe okay I don't know it was my last drink so I was just like (laughs) sure I'll take anything I like how the end of these stories you're just like I'm not actually sure what the score was I'm not sure what was in the drink but it it was good it was good uh and real quick to go back on the spicy margarita sure yep she had these straws that were covered in like a jam kind of a gummy jam and then it had the spices on like pushed into the straw so when Uh you drink out of the straw you can like eat the little gummy part and it's just like super spicy it's so good 
Oh. And it's like bacon flavored jam, like jalapeno jam, like jelly jam that she puts in the bottom. It's so good. Ooh, you were having a time. I really was. I love it. I was living my best life. So you had a good weekend. Yeah. How was your weekend? It was good. Actually, my weekend would have been the best if I could have made it to your BBQ. It actually ended early, so I'm not sure if you would have made it in time. But it was good. It was good. It was definitely more kids than we've ever had at a barbecue before. It's We're at that stage of our lives where the kids are starting to outnumber the adults in the room. <laughs> outnumber? Not outnumber. There's, but there was like seven kids. So they were like a third of the party. Yeah. Fun. It's getting there. It's All getting right. there. Um, but anyway, so it was just, you know, I, oh God, uh, one of my bad traits that I've inherited from my mom is um, never thinking I'm going to have enough food. Mm-hmm. So there was an outrageous surplus of food after this barbecue. I'm talking like I overdid it by like double to three times the amount of food that I needed. Whoa. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a sickness that I have here. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> it's just like, you know, there's so much stress leading up to it, cleaning, prepping, getting all the shit, making sure it's ready and stuff. And then the barbecue's like, six hours everyone was gone by like seven or eight and then uh jake was just like that was great that was so much fun i was like jake we're not even partying so like i made him go to fortune with me because i was just like i this night is not done yet so we like cleaned up and then we went and we the celtics were playing so it's kind of hopping at the at the dive bar but it was fun Mm -hmm. and then we came home and chilled or whatever but yeah it was definitely an earlier wrap-up than normal Mm -hmm. but it was nice because I met all the people that were going on the 4th of July camping trip with. So that's nice. Cause it's like, I won't be, uh, there's maybe one or two people that I'll be meeting for the first time there, but the majority of people I've now met a few times. Oh, cool. So yeah. everyone was nice and got along. Oh yeah. Everyone was so sweet. Everyone was like helping and trying to clean up and brought wow. shit. So it was a great time. Okay. So what did you have for the food? We did burgers and dogs, but I made pasta salad and, um, <laughs> doesn't sound like I did anything, but <laughs> <laughs> I made like six boxes of pasta salad. Why did I make six Whoa. boxes? There's like 30 people. Six um, boxes. I feel like people don't like pasta salad. I love it, I but that, it's like the least thing that gets eaten. It does. I had like two big old lasagna trays of yeah. pasta salad. We went through maybe half of one. Um, oh gosh. I got like 50 burgers and like 60 dogs. And there's <laughs> like, there's literally 18 adults and seven children. Yeah, you got, I feel like when people are at a barbecue, you at least eat like two proteins and then maybe a third one per yes. person, right? And that's why I was just like, let me have at least two burgers and two dogs for everybody. And then you could snack later after you've been having some drinks. There was so much leftover, Sam. It was crazy. Also, one of uh, Jake's coworkers, Terry, he made like, he brought a bunch of like ribeyes and made that first. And there's just like Mm -hmm. hunks of steak. It was so fucking delicious. I'm just like, can you just be the barbecue guy (laughs) (laughs) next time? Um, Oh, and there was two vegan people. So I made like a whole separate pasta salad for them and like, Mm -hmm. you know, a bunch of different stuff for them. When I say it out loud, it doesn't sound like a lot, but I don't know why it took like three days to get everything together. Whoa. So did you give everyone food to go? Oh or yeah. Or did Jake take it to work? He took some to work. I tried to like, it's good. Literally unload it on everybody as they were leaving. So it's just, I don't know. It's a sickness that I have with the food, but <laughs> did you guys play any games? Not really. It was super just like chill and like the kids were playing with each other and then all the dudes were pretty much just hammering the one 10-year-old boy with water balloons uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> and each other. Aww, it turned fun. into that. Yeah. Um, it was fun though. It was a good time. That's exciting. I'm, gl- I'm sad that I missed it. Yeah, it would have been fun because I feel like there was, you know, there was a few couples that were childless that I think would have stayed longer but then they were just like well I guess everybody's leaving we'll get out of here too and I was just mm-hmm. like I'm trying to fucking oh hell it no, up bitch. Now. I would have stayed I know it was fine it was good 
you know, and j- just in my head, I'm like, I'm 23. So why isn't this party still happening? Exactly. <laughs> like, come on guys. <laughs> but I Let's get it. Like level 10. <laughs> I know, but I knew like, because people were bringing their kids and stuff, like they're not going to stay all night. Yeah. So I was aware going into it, but How I'm fun. just clawing on to the, the remaining splinters of my youth. Uh, with hang a- on to those tight, Michelle. Cause literally now every time, every morning, the morning after I have a few drinks, I'm just like, why did I do that? Like, ugh. yeah. Yeah. Um, also with this weekend, this past weekend, uh, Stranger Things was just released <gasps> part one. Yep. Did you part watch one? It? Well, cause they're going to have, coming? yeah, there's more coming July 4th weekend. Oh, two episodes, but I think they're two hours long. I'm not sure. Oh shit. How many yeah. episodes are in this bunch? Cause I didn't even see, um, s- seven Six, or eight. Seven? Okay. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I'm only on episode four right now. Oh, you are? So you haven't even finished it. No, because uh, uh, Jake's watching it with me and he's not a binger. He's like a one episode a night person. So mm-hmm. we're slowly getting through it, but it's it always leaves on a cliffhanger. I'm like, Jake, just try to watch this next one. And he's literally asleep. So asleep. Come on, <laughs> Jake. Yeah. I'm like, this is so riveting. And I look over and he's literally just like nodding off. I'm like, how, how can you be doing this to me right now? Oh, okay. So what do you guys, okay. That explains to why you were like, there's more episodes. I'm like, well, they mm-hmm. left it off. Like there has to be yeah. a little bit more at yeah. least. Um, okay. So what are you thinking so far? I am loving this season. It's definitely much more, I can't, like remember if the other seasons did this too but I just haven't seen them in so long but there's just so many nods to like all the horror movies that I just fucking love all the little easter eggs Mm -hmm. um and then also I love 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 that there's going to be like a whole new generation that listens to Kate Bush um Mm -hmm. it's the song that she's obsessed with and I'm just like oh fuck yes like kids are gonna know about fucking Kate Bush this is awesome (laughs) yep I saw that they like she had a bunch of sales on iTunes that bumped up her song or her album yeah on the charts uh love that I feel like she never got the recognition that she deserved even when she was out I mean she I think she got like Grammys and shit like that but People just, I don't know if a lot of people listen to her. Yeah. Maybe it just wasn't as mainstream. Yeah. I also love all of the horror tones in it. Like mm-hmm. the first episode, I was like, oh my God, they're going dark with this. And yeah. I don't know what it is because it always takes me a little bit to get back into stranger things because I forget that I do love it so much. And mm-hmm. so when I'm watching whatever the new season might be, I'm like, why did I even question my love for this show? Like, yeah. it's amazing. But I do think that the earlier seasons were more like alien, yes. which is fine. But I yeah. feel like one and two were kind of the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, but this season is the best like it's so dark and brutal I know I love it um definitely I agree with you because when I think about it I think of it as definitely like dark and horror but also more sci-fi than I tend to like but Mm -hmm. this season is very much like it feels like a weird mashup of slasher films and just Stephen King and it's it's so good and it yeah it feels like uh Freddie Kruger you know like how they're like constantly in this dream state it's so good well you'll have to keep an eye out because um Robert England does make a cameo he was in this I don't know if you saw it yeah okay he was in this past episode and I saw his profile it's like that's fucking Robert England and Jake's like no it's not and then he like turned around and I was like are you gonna tell me that's not fucking Robert England right now (laughs) it's really good I this season is definitely my favorite Mm -hmm. who's your favorite character so far Hmm. I like Steve. He's sweet. Mm -hmm. I also like Eddie. Which one's Eddie? Eddie Munson. He's like the freak that (gasps) they're trying to blame. (laughs) He wasn't in any of the other seasons, right? He's just, he got introduced this one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. I gotta say it's a little rough this season with everybody being a lot older than who their characters are supposed to be, especially Will. Mm-hmm. He just he looks and sounds like a 40-year-old with a bowl cut. And I'm just like, oh man, yeah. like this is a little rough. I but know. 
besides that, everybody else looks like they could be roughly their age, but he mm-hmm. just looks like he had such a growth spurt, you know? Yeah. But definitely 10, 10 for 10 would recommend. I love this season. I do too. Stay tuned, everyone. July 4th weekend. I'm excited. Um, are you going to go to Salem Arts Fest this weekend? I don't know. Joe was talking about it and I was like, maybe Michelle will go with us. I don't want to do that. We can just walk through, then we can go to Mercy Tavern. Oh, maybe. Joe said that they have like some jazz bands playing. Yeah. Are you into jazz all of a sudden? I mean, we like listening to live music. Like it doesn't okay. matter what okay. it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you've been talking a lot about fucking jazz concerts lately. I, I do love jazz. I always listen to jazz when I'm in the bathtub. Really? Yeah, girl. Oh, I act okay. like I live in fucking New York and that I make a million dollars a year being mm-hmm. like uh work for like a market agency mm-hmm. I'm like really rich and just relaxing enjoying my single life so you're in the bold type yet again yes okay <laughs> thought so <laughs> forever and always <laughs> <laughs> the main topic speaking of the upside down with stranger things we're getting into the staircase <laughs> that's a good segue all of my Oh, really? I didn't think it was going to be good. I just want all my segues to be awful. I mean, I thought that was pretty good. Okay. (laughs) I'm not that good at judging things, but it was good. (laughs) Um, So did you ever, did you watch the original documentary? Yeah, but I didn't realize it came out a lot earlier than Mm -hmm. I had seen it. I think I watched it maybe three years ago. Yes. Yeah. So we watched it maybe like seven, eight years ago. And then Netflix, yeah, Netflix bought the rights to it and then like made like three more episodes and attached it to the end of it. Oh, okay. So you saw it before it was on Netflix. Yeah. I think we watched it like back in like 2012 ish. Mm -hmm. And that was still like six or seven years after it had aired. Wow. So if you guys are unfamiliar, um, Staircase is about Michael Peterson, who was convicted of murdering his wife, Kathleen Peterson. Uh, Pretty crazy story, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard because even after seeing so many things about it, I still don't know. I know. I don't know. No. I, okay. So watching the documentary. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that maybe he did do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now HBO is covering it. They they turned it into like a TV series. A scripted, yeah. A scripted TV series. Yep. Um, and I'm like, maybe it was the owl. <laughs> because I feel like with the documentary, they didn't really get into the owl theory that much. No. There's so many things online if you go down mm-hmm. the rabbit hole. But it's bizarre, especially with the other woman dying down the staircase. Yes. That like life is full of coincidences. I understand that. So it could just be bad timing, could have just been a completely awful accident. I just, I don't know. What do you think? Are, do you lean towards one way? I honestly, I think I'm pulled in all three directions. Mm-hmm. I don't. I honestly can't tell you where I land with it. I do think as bonkers as it sounds, the owl theory matches the most, mm-hmm. but none of the theories covers all of the evidence. And that's what always freaks me out. Cause it's like, okay, if she fell down the stairs, why is there that amount of blood? Like, that's kind of crazy for just like a fall. And it's not like she fell from the very top of a set of like 14 stairs. She fell from stair five. Mm -hmm. But I mean, also I fell like four inches and I snapped every bone in my ankle. So yeah, you can just fuck shit up really quickly. Um, And then if he's the one that beat her to death, which is actually what they wrote as the cause of death, blunt force trauma, it doesn't make sense because even though she has like all these lacerations on her scalp, there's no skull fractures and there's no brain hemorrhaging, which always occurs with blunt force trauma. So Mm -hmm. how would that have happened if that's how he did it? And then if you bring in the owl theory to it, it accounts for some of the other evidence, but it doesn't account for why her there was a bone in her neck that was fractured that is consistent with strangulation. 
Oh, I don't know if I caught that. Yeah. So it's like every single theory doesn't actually cover all of the evidence that's there. And that's what makes me not solid. With her neck, was it just the bone that was fractured or was there like um, bruising? No bruising. There was just the bone that was fractured. And in the series, which they don't really bring up in the documentary, um, she had like a pool accident, like about a month or two before she was murdered, where she really damaged her neck. She was kind of drunk at a pool party and she decides to just dive into the pool and something happens. They don't really go into it that much as to how what she hurt, but mm-hmm. she wears a neck brace for like two months after that. And I w- do you remember if that bone was it like uh, what bone was it in her neck? Was it something towards the back? Because it's like set aside the pool injury that she had when, especially like on the HBO show. Mm-hmm. Heads up if you have not watched it yet. Like it is very alarming and frightening. Like they show her death like four times throughout this series. It's like kind of triggering. It's graphic. Yeah. It's graphic. Um, But with the neck bone, like when she falls back, maybe like she did something to the behind, behind her neck, like where she falls. I don't know. I think they call it the thyroid bone. So I think it is toward the front, Mm -hmm. but if she had injured it just slightly during that pool accident, it was probably weak and, you know, it could have just been enough to to really Mm. hurt it you know um and they also do mention that usually with strangulation it's like broken and not fractured but yeah so it's it's very interesting in the documentary the original one and in this one in the scripted it's like you see the crime scene or whatever and I think what's so alarming about it is the amount of blood that's everywhere for a fall there's legitimately like blood everywhere Mm -hmm. um and I think what calls him into question a lot is because as soon as he calls 911 he's like my wife fell down the stairs like get someone over here right away or whatever but any other person that would see that kind of a scene I don't think their first reaction would be like she fell down the stairs because of the amount of blood I think you would see that amount of blood and be like was she stabbed was she like shot like what the fuck is happening right now do you think that or no that's a good point. I will. I was going to say maybe he was in shock and it's mm-hmm. like, we wouldn't have even thought of an owl attack until the end. So it's, mm-hmm. so why would he think of that? And why? I, I don't know. It's like, would he really be specific in the 911 call? But when I think about it, I would have been pretty specific. Yeah. And, and I think in his defense, your brain doesn't want to immediately assume like, oh, my wife's been murdered. If there's not a person in the house or there's not any like evidence or clues besides the blood to make you think that way. So I think your brain knowing like we're the only people in this house, she had to have fallen down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Like that's just where your brain goes maybe, but he was very clear on the 911 call. Like my wife fell down the stairs. She's still breathing, like come get help. And then another thing that goes against him is when they showed up, all the blood was dry and based on like all the- of it was dry. I think most of it was dry. And then based on um, the way that she died, it would have taken her 45 minutes to two hours to die. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that was a long time for him to be out by the pool while she was in the house dying, you know? I mean, I don't know. It seemed like he enjoyed his wine time. So I could see like two hours. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And what would be the reasoning that he would want to kill her? Because it's like from the show, at mm-hmm. least it doesn't seem, I mean, they do have their issues. It seems like he has physically cheated. Is that right? Like he actually met up with some of these men or just an online emotional thing? I think both. I think both. Okay. So it comes out that he is bisexual and the prosecution's theory is that that night she went to go use his computer, saw some kind of a meetup or saw some kind of an evidence saying that he was cheating on her with a man and that she confronted him and that's why the fight ensued. So that's their theory. Mm-hmm. Um, he claims that she was very much aware of him being bisexual um his previous wife says that she was very aware that he used to cheat on her with men and women um so it seemed like something that he would tell 
his spouse about, but mm-hmm. everybody in her family says there's no way that she would have known that and stayed with him. What do you think about that? Cause it's like, sometimes people do say that like, Oh, that's my sister. I would have known. Like we've talked about so. it on some of the yeah. crime cases where people are like, they weren't into drugs. They weren't into that lifestyle. And mm-hmm. it's like, you don't always 100% know. No. And I think she a hundred percent could have known because yeah. Like who, why would she tell her daughter? Like, Oh, Michael's bisexual. Cause it's, it was also a time this is, we're talking 2001 in North Carolina. Like it's just not, it wasn't as open as it might be now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were very, they were liberal, but they were more of a traditional conservative family. So it wasn't like, Oh, we all know that Michael's bisexual. Like his brother knew because they had grown up together. Um, So that makes sense. But why would Kathleen tell her sisters who in the scripted series, it seems like they had kind of a strained relationship. Like, why would she give her very conservative sister ammo to use against her? Right. That's And I'm going to say ammo in quotations, because I don't think that being bisexual is like ammunition, but right. But just another reason to hear about something from her sister. Exactly. Okay. So, and I feel like she could have been protecting the kids too, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so it's like, if she did know what could have been another reason for him to want to hurt her, say, if he did do it, you know, I don't think that there was, I mean, there was definitely some financial strains that were starting to happen, but it seems like Michael was very blase about everything and really didn't care. It was only her that was really stressing out about it. Mm -hmm. Did he work? Like he is an author, but I'm like, was he actually bringing in money? Because it seems like with the show, at least they show Kathleen working a job, like all these hours and just being Mm -hmm. so stressed and having Mm -hmm. to bring in the money. Yeah, it's I, I think he was kind of working on books. And then also he was campaigning for something. So he's bringing in some money that way. But um, no, I don't think he was like working a full-time job like she was. And she was working at one of these corporations in the early 2000s that ended up going bankrupt. So there was a lot of stress of like, who's getting laid off. And if she's the only breadwinner of the whole family, and there's like six kids to take care of, that's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And you see it in the, in the show a lot, like how much pressure she was under, which the, do- the original documentary doesn't really cover. And there's this whole thing with the documentary because, so the documentary was produced by two French uh, directors, filmmakers, and they pretty much just wanted to take an American crime and film it and like talk about the American justice system and all this other stuff. And they were sending all their film back to France to their production company. And the editor that edited this documentary actually ends up falling in love with Michael. So the documentary could be biased in his favor, obviously. Even though I don't think that he comes out looking that great in the documentary originally either. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, Can you imagine yourself like if you were her and you started having feelings for this man? (laughs) Like, I just I don't know. It's like, how do you not know? Yeah, I don't know. I just people like Michael and I don't think anybody would argue against this. He's just like so pretentious and he just likes to like wax poetic all the time. And it's like, I I just find people like that fucking insufferable. Mm -hmm. And so it's like people that fall in love with that dude that will fucking write you a poem and sing to you on his acoustic guitar. It's just like, God, (laughs) to me, to me. Romantic though. No. (laughs) Sam, you would immediately fall in love with the subject <laughs> of your films. <laughs> I would not. What about the fireplace poker? The blow poke. The infamous blow poke. Um, yeah, so pretty much the the prosecution bases their whole argument that the reason she didn't have the brain fra- uh, fractures and or sorry the skull fractures and all that stuff is because they claim that she was bludgeoned to death with a blow poke which is like this kind of hollow tube that has like a um what would you call it a, a little hook at the end hook yeah a hook at the end which I mean when you look at the blow poke it could it kind of seems like it could account for like the scratches on her scalp um so throughout the whole case they're talking about the blow poke the fucking scientific blood splatter guy is only using the blow poke to do it 
Uh, and then halfway through the trial or toward the end, they find the blow poke that they claim is the murder weapon in the garage, like covered in cobwebs, has been like stashed there for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would think that would kind of dissolve the prosecution's case, but it didn't actually do that because he does get found guilty at the end of this trial. But also, I feel like if that was the weapon, mm-hmm. her skull would have been fractured. I feel yeah. like her head and her face would have been beaten, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And there are some like scratches on her face. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like scratches on her arms, which also people are like, well, obviously this wasn't just a fall down the stairs because where did all this other shit come from? Mm-hmm. Which then brings in the owl theory. So the owl theory is wild. It really is wild. I'm like, okay, did an owl really do it? But the way that they showed it in the show, the series, I'm like, Mm -hmm. maybe. And then also on the evidence list, correct me, whatever it's called. um, They found like twigs, like pieces of twigs and feathers Mm -hmm. in her hands. Yep. Microscopic ones. Yeah. Yeah. So the owl theory comes, so this accident, let's call it an accident, happened in 2001. The trial happens until 2002, 2003. And then in 2008, a neighbor of the Petersons, um, a man that like lives a few doors down, comes up with the owl theory and like releases it on YouTube. Pretty much um, he thinks what happened So let me run through it real quick. What he thinks happened is Kathleen came back inside from being at the pool with Michael. She notices that these two Christmas decoration deers are still inside. So she goes to put them on the front lawn because it's, it was right after Thanksgiving. This was Mm -hmm. like a few weeks before Christmas, right after Thanksgiving. Um, Because also some of the evidence that doesn't fit in with the staircase theories is they found two drops of blood out on the front lawn, like the pathway. And then the front door had like a handprint bloody smear across it too. But all of the other shit happened at the staircase. So like, where did that, when did that happen? So what he thinks happened is she went out to put those deers on the front lawn. um, And while she was coming back in an owl, this is during mating season. And they had a lot of owls in the area came down, swooped on her, scratched up the back of her scalp with its talons. And then with its beak was like kind of pecking at her face in the front. And she's like kind of tearing them off. And that's why she gets the hair in her hands and like the twigs and the microscopic feathers. She staggers back to the house, two drops fall. She shuts the door. That's where the blood on the door happens. And then this is what I don't really understand why she would do this, but in her state of delusion or whatever she tries to go up the stairs falls from the fifth stair because now the blood's actually coming out of her head it's in her eyes she's uh fucking like discombobulated and stuff falls hits her head gets well they don't say that this is why she gets the neck injury but that's why she ends up at the bottom of the stairs with like all these lacerations and all this blood so that's the owl theory. I don't know. Maybe the owl did do it. I, because the, nobody explains why the blood is in the, in the front of the house besides the owl theory. Okay. Because I was going to say, I had never heard about the front door and the blood drops out front until yeah. they go through the owl theory on the TV series. Mm-hmm. So did they bring up that evidence in court, like on the documentary or anything like that? No. They don't because while they were filming the documentary, the neighbor does go to him before he like releases all of it on YouTube. And he's just like, I kind of think that it was owl, like an owl because there's owls in the area and they do attack people. Like there has been reports of them attacking people and stuff like that. But David Rudolph, which was Michael's attorney, um, says that he got brought that evidence a day before closing and he didn't want to confuse the jury with like, this random new evidence that kind of didn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So he didn't, he didn't use it. What if the blood came from say Michael, like maybe Mm -hmm. he opened up the door after he called 911 or 
whatever happened inside. Yeah, that could be it. But I feel like they would know because it is like very much a handprint. So Mm -hmm. I assume that it is attributed to Kathleen. Yeah. Um, And then also another thing is that the neighbor who's, um, I think his name is Larry Pollard. um, He says that those deer weren't on the front lawn that morning. And Mm -hmm. in the crime scene pictures that were in the newspaper the very next day after the accident happened, the deer are there. So he thinks that's exactly what happened. She was putting out these decorations as, you know, I, I do that all the time where it's like, oh, I'm going to go to bed. And then I see something that needs to get done and I go and do it. It's not like I would tell Jake, like, oh, I'm just going to go put the deer out front and then go to bed. Like I would just walk through the house, see them and be like, oh, let me just throw these out real quick. Mm Mm-hmm. What about, because I feel like I would do that too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when she comes back in and they think that she's going upstairs to get a towel. Yeah. I would have just gone to the kitchen. Yes. I would not have taken the time to go up all of those stairs. Mm -mm. That's where it kind of loses me a little bit. And the only explanation I can think of is that she's kind of disoriented and right. she thinks Michael's upstairs, you know, like oh. she forgets he's out back and assumes he's like up in bed or something and just like mm-hmm. runs up there to get help forgetting that he's out back. But that's the only thing I could yeah, think. Yeah, that's a good point. But then they also say that there was a different set of staircases because the staircase that she falls down is almost, I think like, um, what they used to call like a servant staircase that comes from the kitchen up to the bedrooms, but there's like a more grand staircase near the front door that she came in. So a lot of people are like, well, why wouldn't she just go up those stairs? Um, So those are the kind of things that question the owl theory, but the owl theory does explain why she had all those lacerations, but no skull fractures and no brain damage. Mm -hmm. Where does all that blood come from? I think from, if you like, you got, if you got your like scalp raked like that, you would lose a significant amount of blood. I mean, that makes more sense than her bashing it on the staircase or him using, yeah. Or him using like a blunt object that would just like scalp you, but not injure your skull. Cause I feel like there, there wasn't any blood found high as if someone had an object and it was just splattering here Mm -hmm. and there which you know the owl theory isn't what gets Michael out of prison because he does go to prison for a number of years Um, but then he does get released because the blood splatter analyst Dwayne what's his name Dwayne something he ends up getting caught for for fabricating evidence on some other cases And those people get released. So then Michael's attorney is just like, well, the only reason that he's in jail right now is because of this blood splatter evidence that says it was a blunt force trauma and like it was a blow poke and all this other bullshit. And um, so that's how he gets released is because of faulty, faulty evidence. What? I didn't know that. So the reason he gets released is because uh, a lot of the experts for the prosecution were just like, kind of fibbing and making stuff up to fit the case and get him put away because the medical examiner radish she originally says that kathleen dies because of blood loss and then her supervisor the guy ahead of her is just like no make it blunt force trauma so that right there is not good (laughs) so that's not good and then Dwayne, who is the blood splatter like guy he literally just did the experiment 500 million ways until he got like the results that he wanted oh my gosh um and I guess he did that for a lot of cases obviously he got fired and like the 34 cases that he did evidence from like all those people are now well back then like you know got their cases revisited whoa I didn't know about that Michelle that is so Mm -hmm. fucked up it's like just do your job like how do you live with yourself at night? I don't know. I think honestly, I think it comes from people thinking like assuming and truly believing that they have the right person and they don't want them to get away. So they just try to make the evidence fit their theory instead of, you know, having a theory, but like reviewing all the evidence. So, but I mean, I, 
to be honest, I can't really fault them because if I was a police officer detective and I walked into that scene and I saw the amount of blood and I saw that body, Mm -hmm. there's just no way in my head I'd be like, no, a fall down the stairs makes sense for this. Yeah. And it's usually always the husband. No lie. (laughs) Right. And, you know, he did have some, he did change his story a few times. He did leave some shit out. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like the owl theory to me makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. I want to do, I wish there was a poll where everyone had voted and it's like, I wonder what the majority thinks, you know? Oh, we should do a poll after this and see what people think. Can you imagine just wasting your life in prison? No. And it's also terrifying. Yeah. I mean, they show like his life in prison and it's not great. And also, um, very quickly in this scripted documentary, there is a scene that I'm just like, if I was these people's family members, I would not be stoked on this. There is an ass eating scene in the middle of the kitchen that kind of comes out of nowhere. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I was like, Sam, come (laughs) on. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah. You forgot the ass eating scene in the kitchen? Well, I thought he was kind of like not eating the ass. I thought he was just doing it from the back, but. (laughs) Uh, No. And I'm like, that's fine. Like no shame in whatever, but I'm just thinking about her daughter who fucking hates all of this already. Like imagine I would, I would be like, are you fucking kidding me right now? (laughs) How could I forget about that scene? I know. And I mean, there's that. And then there's like the three very graphic, brutal ways of her dying in the three different theories. So it's not for her family. Not great. I hope. No, I doubt they got paid anything, but it's. uh, Oh, I doubt that too. It's not great. Look in the staircase, man. I thought I wasn't going to watch the series because I was like, really? So many because I've seen the documentary like two times now when it originally and then the Netflix version of it mm-hmm. and I've gone down the rabbit hole of the owl theory like several times I'm just like I already know everything that I'm gonna know yeah uh, I wonder if they're still together who uh Michael and Sophie Sophie yeah yeah she was the editor from the documentary mm-hmm. um I think that they are all right Sophie mm. weird choice but okay We'll see. There's two more episodes. Maybe we'll give you an update on a on a episode down the line, but it's pretty much adhering to the documentary. Mm-hmm. I will say Tony Collette is doing a great job. <laughs> She's fucking fantastic. I love her. Yeah. She's the best. I will say though, Colin Firth, he looks exactly like my dad. And that's how my dad still dresses and his hair everything about it his mannerisms no I can't do it it's so bizarre even Jake we were like on episode two he goes you know I didn't want to say anything but he looks a lot like your dad and I was just like I know I've been thinking about it (sighs) no I mean my dad's cute he's fine but I'm just like the ass heating scene I just can't (laughs) Sam please help help me out (laughs) oh my gosh all right (laughs) oh god no but that's exactly what my dad still looks like oh how sweet sure (laughs) (laughs) all right let's do some let's nots whatever you say (laughs) all right um let's not let's not sleep on kate bush she is fantastic she has a great um what do you call them collection album library Mm-hmm. go check her out well what's mine gonna be oh did I take did I take the most obvious one <laughs> yeah let's not make 60 pounds of burgers oh. and dogs <laughs> you're right you're so right because if you're hosting a party people should be glad that there's at least something to eat and if they're still hungry after they can eat whatever they want in their own damn fridge okay it gives me more anxiety to think that I ran out of food though (laughs) than if if there's too much 
That's okay. I feel like that too. When I did my Halloween parties, I always made too much food because you never know what people are going to like, you know, you never know what's going to be a hit, a miss. And can you imagine if there's just, if you run out? Yeah. Then that's when the party really dies. Oh my God. I would just sink into the floor in shame. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll catch you guys next week. Uh, We can't wait to hear your thoughts on what your theory is. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, we'll do some polls because this is something I'm very interested in. Who did it? Who did it? Was it the husband? Was it the stairs? Was it the owl? It's always the husband. What if it was him this whole time? That fucking sucks. I know. That's why stuff like this is hard because it's like (laughs) if he did do it, you want him, you know, you want Mm -hmm. him to pay, but... And if he yeah. did do it, he's just out living his life with his new fancy gal. Yeah. He's also kind of like a little scrawny, though. I feel like Kathleen could have taken him a little bit more. I feel like he would have had some, um, like, injuries on himself, you know? Mm-hmm. Did they even check him for injuries, though? Yeah, of course. They well, immediately why didn't we see it was any him. photos? Because I don't think he had any. All right. All right, let's get out of here. It's not? All right. All right, guys, don't forget to follow (laughs) us on Instagram and Facebook at Let's Not Podcast. And thanks so much for listening. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Let's Not Podcast is part of The Dorkening, which is a network dedicated for podcasters, a group of shows helping each other to grow, share ideas, collaborate, and innovate. You can check out more at thedorkening.com. And thank you to our sponsors, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Deadly Grounds Coffee is fresh roasted here in New England by skilled master roasters in a unique way that allows the true flavor of the bean to come through. It's coffee the way it was meant to be. Fresh, bold, delicious. It's coffee to die for. Check them out at deadlygroundscoffee.com. Mm-hmm.